0: Smart people talking about one of the interesting stories of our lifetimes. It's One More Thing.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: One More Thing.
0: You know, it's probably a mistake that on February first, two thousand twenty-one, we did not mention at all the whole GameStop story. What is going on with the stock today? I haven't looked at it. Has anybody?
2: Uh, relatively muted, and I think down uh, decently earlier today. I don't know what the what the latest was. Uh, it's down about twenty-five percent today. Yeah.
0: And I saw some headline that Robinhood is still restricting some stuff.
2: hmm Yes. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, just for update on my current opinions, I feel like it's it's less likely that shady quote-unquote backroom phone calls were made and it's more about a fundamental uh lack of scale in their business model where they just uh, they just couldn't handle They, what they happened? couldn't afford to keep uh processing trades the way they the way they were now whether or not that bill was called in because of my aforementioned shady backroom phone call I don't know I think the time will will tell as investigations mm-hmm. go forward. Um, but as as I was diving in this, this past weekend to try to learn more about it, um, I uh, stumbled, I, I discovered a, a podcast uh, that featured uh, Chamath Palapitaya. Again, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The guy looking to possibly uh, take over for Gavin Newsom if he gets recalled. Uh, and it was essentially him and three other Silicon Valley investors. One of these guys, uh, David Sachs, I'll play a clip from him. He was involved in in PayPal and just kind of these sort of, of angel investors uh, discussing the gamestop thing uh, these clips that I'm going to play from them are kind of tangential thoughts that they after an hour discussing the specifics of this gamestop there were some bigger picture things that they thought were important to highlight I'd like to
1: share some of those okay. uh with you today this first one from uh, David Sachs Wall Street bets is parlor 2.0 right and and what happened as soon as Wall Street bets started which is the 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 Reddit kids they started threatening And they wounded these powerful insiders these rich you know hedge fund magnates what happened they started getting banned off of discord they got discord as a tech company to kick them off how did that happen they've been talking on there for months and all of a sudden just magically right at the critical moment where they're also not allowed to trade their free speech gets cut off that's a that that was deliberate and i'll I'll tell you how it happens is I guarantee you what these hedge funds did is they went through the discord room and they screenshotted, you know, any post that they could plausibly characterize as, you know, hate speech or what have you. And, you know, and, and by the way, I mean, those, there's a lot of raunchiness in these rooms, but it's not hate speech and it's Mm -hmm. not, organized for the purpose of hate. It's organized for the purpose of trades. But what they do is they weaponize the censorship rules and they go in and they screenshot and then they give it to Discord and they get these guys kicked off. And this is exactly what I've been talking about with censorship. It starts at something you like and then becomes something you don't. How many of the people who support these you know, Reddit kids were in favor of deplatforming Trump and Parler? And now they can see where it goes. This is a slippery slope, and we've only had to wait three weeks to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. It goes to the same place, which is when the people in power get threatened, they use these rules, they weaponize these rules to shut down the outsiders and the upstarts. That is the problem with censorship. That is why you cannot let the beast get started.
3: Wow. That, that sounds is, like listening to me. <laughs>
0: that is really interesting. Yeah. So they found places where they're using whatever whatever language or joke or whatever you could possibly use to get them booted off. Mostly
3: locker room dumbness.
2: Not for that reason but they just wanted them off and, and these uh discord communities are, are usually somewhat closed gardens right you need to get invited to it you know what you're so these things have been existing in this community from for a long time if there were problems with it there are ways within the community to, to reach out to them, the moderators or whatever right. and sure so yeah. but to his point of people <laughs> on the back end of these things S- jumping in with the full intent of we need to find content that we can weaponize, oh, that we boy. can use to report and flag and get this thing taken down. I and think that could is, happen to any
0: of us, I- any of us who've ever been on anything ever. <laughs> if you've ever tweeted anything or, oh, my God.
3: Yeah. That is something. You know, it's like we've said so many times, are you sure you want to give the government power X just because your guy's in charge? What about, and this is a crazy flight of fancy, what about when the other side's in charge? People are just too stupid or 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 desirous of power or whatever to even think about that.
2: I just, I don't get it. We have more from these people? Uh, yeah, so this, uh, this next clip is uh, from a guy named David Friedberg. And one of the very common uh, things that you heard in response to the GameStop thing was, uh, well, this is why decentralization is important. It's one of the, the core principles of kind of your Bitcoins and your cryptocurrency stuff right there. Oh, we need a decentralized, etc, etc, etc. And I'd never heard somebody uh, kind of provide a, a concise uh, explanation of the risks of, of the decentralized thing and why they, that may not be in and of itself uh, valuable.
4: We talked about decentralization and, you know, we all feel the emotional response to the little guy getting screwed by the big guy that controls the system and we want to fight the system. That's the basis of every great movie. It's worth highlighting, though, that decentralization and what I would kind of characterize as swarming behavior, uncontrolled swarming behavior, can actually have negative consequences and there's a reason systems exist. You know, um, when you put a bunch of people in a room, let's say you put 100 people in a room and every time and someone says the word door and every time you hear the word door, you're supposed to repeat it within 30 seconds. The entire room will be like deafening with everyone screaming door, door, door and suddenly everyone will be screaming it. That's a feedback loop that occurs in an uncontrolled social system. And that's what's occurred with GameStop and it's what occurred with 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 Bitcoin. So there are, as we've seen, remarkable outcomes when you allow systems to operate without centralized control. And without centralized brake pads that, that kind of slow them down or, or put in place some rules and some obligations to how that system operates. The problem with decentralization and this swarming approach uh, to, to resolution where lots of people basically work together individually is you end up with things like cancel culture, where um, before a judge and jury determines whether or not someone did something wrong, The community decides that person should be punished and shuts them down in the real world and their career and their life is ended and ruined. And um, The system by which you can actually have vigorous debate and the system by which you can actually have controls and processes and judges and juries and trials is what needs to be improved for this to work. Otherwise, people will go to decentralization and you will have a Lord of the Flies moment that engulfs civil society because the tools are there today. And so centralized systems can work, but they have to adapt and adapt quickly to be fair and to enable and to not um, discriminate. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to see Lord of the Flies and we're going to see decentralization being the solution to getting out of the system that's inhibiting us. And we're going to end up having really ugly outcomes.
0: Wow. That is really interesting stuff. makes it clear to me I'm not even close to smart enough to understand what what could possibly happen. But- with all that, that feedback loop he is talking about, and whether it's you know uh, stocks or um, going after somebody and trying to ruin their lives because they were on the wrong side of something, it's not all, It's the size. It's so many people involved, and then the speed in in modern, you know, on the internet. Right, you can get so many people so fast to do something.
3: Yeah, that was that was an interesting screed. There was a lot of, at the risk of sounding like I went to college, a lot of Hobbes versus Rousseau, or you know, yes, Thomas yeah. Paine versus uh, James Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, uh, well, conservatism versus libertarianism. And, and I consider myself a conservative libertarian, which is an oxymoron to some people. But I get what I mean. You, <laughs> That's the
0: important thing. <laughs> you,
3: you have to have a, a high degree of liberty, but you need to preserve the institutions that have have worked in the past because they're a hell of a lot harder to get going than you think.
0: And the speed at which it can happen now. I feel like something country-altering could happen, and it would take hours for somebody to for somebody to explain to me what even happened and how it happened.
3: Yeah, yeah, but you're right. I mean, you'd like to think the storming of the Capitol, and can we please figure out who threw that fire extinguisher and killed that cop? Anyway. Um, You'd like to think that and the GameStop thing. Wow, that was the height of what the craziness. That's that's the that's the high water mark right there. Ooh, we survived that. That was nuts, wasn't it? Um, but there could be something a lot bigger around the corner. That I mean, especially if well, I gotta imagine this out. Especially if there's some sort of uh, complicity by, say, the Chinese intelligence services or Russian intelligence or, or, or Iran or something like that. Um, Right, and maybe it has to do with the the power grid or the stock market or monetary markets in general. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know enough uh, about them to screw with them, but somebody does.
0: Yeah, I gotta believe that Putin has smart people looking into the GameStop situation and thinking, how could we do that on purpose? Right. with something. Right, and finally, Sean.
2: Uh, so yeah, one more clip. Uh, this is from the same gentleman, uh, David uh, Friedberg. This is uh, less to do with the GameStop. This was more talking about the the failure of govern, governance uh, or gov- uh, government during the pandemic, uh, the lack of response, and he he illustrates the difference between a manager and a leader.
4: If you think about the difference between a leader and a manager, a manager is someone who typically delegates uh, responsibility and authority. A leader is effective at synthesizing. Uh, multiple people's points of view, and creates an opportunity, defines a vision, defines an objective that is the synthesis of all the people that that report to him. And I think what we've seen in California in particular, and and really uh, across leadership positions or, or governing positions across the country during this pandemic, is a failure of leadership. Because when times are predictable, if A, then B, it is easy to manage and it is easy to look successful. I delegate down to the person who knows best and they are responsible for the outcome and they do it well, great. All I'm doing is pointing to the right person to run something. The pandemic is difficult and it is unpredictable. It requires a synthesis of economic information, social information, and health information. And more often than not, a person who typically acts like a manager points to the person they think should be in charge under the circumstance to make a decision, and that person is not equipped to synthesize the economic and social ramifications of the decision. So what we have seen during the pandemic is most often People in a governing position have pointed to the health officer or the medical person and said, you make the decision. And that person does not necessarily account for the social and economic ramifications of the decision they're making. A health person knows how to save lives. The best way to save lives is shut everything down. And so the the test of leadership during this pandemic has been a test of synthesis and recommending an action that's associated with the understanding of the social, economic, and health implications of what's going on. And that's really where so many governing um, bodies and individuals have fallen apart during this pandemic, is an inability to do that effectively. The difference between a manager and a leader, and we're yeah. seeing across the nation, who is what.
3: That reminds me a great deal of the discussions we've had around here. He just says synthesis more than I do. Or you do, for that matter. No, so
0: clearly true. Yeah. So clearly true. We got a pandemic. Where's the health expert? Okay, make a decision.
2: Tell us what there, to do.
0: There, I've managed the situation.
2: Yeah. I, I love the point of it is easy to look successful when things are going as planned. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And when, when disruptions occur is when you actually find out who is a competent leader or not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Boy, apparently, especially at your more local levels where they just turned it over to the county health person.
3: Well, the states did the same, really, to a large extent. And then um, it's one of those points that was so obvious.
2: I, I don't know how they missed it. I feel like early on we were all assuming that these variables were being equally weighted in the decisions to be made at first, as opposed to just uh, focusing on the, the health aspect mm-hmm. and having that be the thing that, that governs everything else. At least I, I was maybe foolishly under the assumption of more competence than exists.
3: yeah well clearly we didn't we do not have leaders we have managers um you know anyway you suck
0: good stuff sean what was the name of that Ooh, podcast yeah Promoting we should one? credit
2: it uh the all-in podcast it's uh apparently new uh there the, the chamath is gonna do a full uh i'm running for governor here's my platform podcast mm. later this week i'm gonna keep an eye out for that because uh it, it makes me feel better knowing that these sort of conversations are happening uh even though uh it's beyond my I don't know much level. I
0: don't know much about that guy's politics, but he will intellectualize circles around poor Gavin Newsom if they ever uh, oh yeah you know in a debate or something oh yeah poor dude yes, but your hair is not as nice as mine <laughs> you're gonna follow the science <laughs> uh, and we uh you know. We had an early dinner, but didn't matter. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. See, that guy, I can't pronounce his name. That guy would never say, under any circumstances, we had an early dinner, but uh, that doesn't matter.
3: (laughs) What a dope.
0: Hilarious. Well, I guess that's it.
2: Calm.
0: you sent off today.